All right, you got Beta Show, episode 22. I'm Jeff with the Church Digital Podcast. Once again, it's powered by Stadia Church Planting, and I'm excited about this episode. I love this episode. We are going old school here with this episode. We've got uh, Greg Atkinson coming in to the show. Now, Greg is, is a good friend and has been very influential in my ministry career as I was doing church online as a digital pastor, and then as I was heading into uh, the church digital and eventually in the stadium. So Greg's a friend. Greg is also one of the top names right now when it comes towards first impressions. He's very active in, in consulting and helping churches literally around the country. He has been resourcing and equipping churches in first impressions and guest services for years. By the way, you can check out First Impressions Conference as just one of the many things that this guy's doing to help resource churches. And part of that resourcing gets him evaluating physical services and also digital services. And so literally, Greg's a, a secret shopper in the physical space as, as well as through like church online services. So I, I just I wanted to ask Greg, hey, Greg, as a secret shopper, man, what are you looking for? What what works? What doesn't work? What what advice do you have? And, and so we really I don't want to call it a controversial episode, but a lot of the things that we touch on are very basic questions that there's not a solid answer for. Is it better to pre-record or is it better to go live? How long do you really think that sermon needs to be? Should we do campus specific announcements for online or should the broadcast campus just, you know, do their announcements and and have that be online? Look, we can argue this stuff all day long, but I really wanted to go to the guy who's out there resourcing churches, the guy who's out there connecting with churches and ask him some of these basic, simple questions when it comes to how we're doing our church online services. So if you're looking for practical insight, if you're looking for essential directions on how to take some next steps, I would love for you to check out this episode with Greg Atkinson, First Impressions Conference, as well as many other things around the country, and myself, Jeff with the Church Digital and Stadia Church Planning, in a conversation that I am simply calling Secret Shopper Tips for Church Online. Okay, everybody, here you go. You, you have posted on your blog before screenshots from my blog where I was um, taking screens, screenshots of uh, Church Online experience and um, just... Uh, sharing about it, just trying to encourage people. I, I didn't know it would take 12 years later, a pandemic to get us all, uh, all online. But, um, I was, I was talking about it. Yeah. In 2008. So it's been a, it's been a journey, man, that that's been a minute though. 2008. Look at how much ministry has changed. Look at how, I mean, even COVID aside, a 2008 to 2020 February, a lot has changed um, in, in ministry life. And, and then that's fast forwarded even more in this COVID season. Uh, just today, I was talking at lunch uh, with some some pastors and we were debating, you know, how much time has really accelerated in this COVID season. Uh, I've, I've heard some technology technology experts talking about maybe two years to five years of technology kind of sped up was kind of fast forwarded in, in this season and so uh it's it's a fascinating world that we're, we're living in where maybe even you know when greg started online ministry in 2008 and working into that it was really this like hyper edgy concept not a lot of churches were doing it as a matter of what greg when you started in 2008 what five six churches probably were serious about doing this online yeah the ones that that come to mind that i remember watching in 2008 would be um you know brandon donaldson at life church and um bradford singleton and those guys at seacoast in charleston uh cross point in nashville and you know, central christian in las vegas with judd wilhite but uh there was just a handful of those yeah. watch each week and uh write about yeah and there was like potential church was one of those actually i think it was it's flamingo first. road yeah flamingo oh, road at the time yeah. to do a lot of screenshots of theirs and I loved watching Flamingo Road online, and I actually went and spoke there in either 2008 or 2009. I was on my Church 2.0 tour and um, spoke there. I, I believe it was 2009 I spoke at Flamingo Road, 
and did a church 2.0 gathering. But um, yeah, followed them for a long time. They were doing some great stuff down in your area. That's that's beautiful. We definitely need more solid churches down here in South Florida. So, hey, for this conversation, um, let's start pulling uh, the thread here. And 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 uh, Greg, I'd love to set you up here at the beginning. Um, I, I want to ask this question. We we did not prompt this. I, I normally would have thro- thrown uh, Greg some some prompts or hey, these are some questions um, that that I would ask. But hey, so this is going to be raw, right? Hey, that's the way it works here at Clubhouse. What I'm curious is, and, and let this kind of be the, the first question, the first salvo as we're, we're dialoguing here. What are what are things that we, when we do church online, and the average church generalized here, of course, what are we missing? The, the goal is with our church online services to engage with people and either build relationships that funnel them into the physical service or to a, a digital small group or something like that. Either way, the majority of churches out there are looking at our services as really the front door to something. But oftentimes we don't know who's watching. Uh, people are watching in isolation, in anonymity, and we're trying to engage there. Um, and, and so I'm just curious, if you're looking at this church service programming, if, if you're looking at maybe some of the interfaces of, of Facebook or, or YouTube or even church online platform, um, what are a couple things quickly that it's like if if churches would do this, if churches would take care of this, as you're doing the secret shop or as you're advising churches, what are the common themes that seem to pop up that, hey, these are just some things that we need to fine tune on? Sure. Yeah, I'll throw out some ideas. I also was going to say kind of echo what you said at the beginning that I didn't want this to be a one way conversation. I would love to hear what others are doing. I see uh, Tyler and um, Antoine and um, others on here that I know are doing some great stuff. I would love to hear what's happening around the world. And uh, as you know, as this is a global ministry, so I'm excited to learn as well. Uh, I'm still a, uh, a student as well as a, uh, um, a leader and, and practitioner, but um, I, was, I was working with a church this past weekend. I was at Ginghamsburg Church in um, Ohio uh, doing an in-person secret shopper, and I always do dinner with whoever brought me in Saturday night, and so I had dinner with the... Um, teaching pastor and the guest services director and the communications director. And uh, we were talking over dinner and I asked them if they knew some of the analytics and some of the metrics of where they're reaching people. They, they are doing a good job with church online on Saturday night. They're streaming their Saturday night service. uh, And then they do in person on Sunday and, um, that was Saturday night, and then I visited a church Sunday morning. But Saturday night over dinner, I said, do you know where people are watching from? And so Gingelsburg Church is in Tip City, Ohio, which is very close to Dayton, Ohio, where I flew into. And also close to that is a city named Troy, Ohio. And so he said our top three um, cities of people that watch our online broadcasts are Tip City, Dayton, and Troy. I said, well, that's awesome. I said, what I think is, I think people are watching, they're enjoying it, they're close to you. And when this um, coronavirus goes away and more and more people get immunized and vaccinated and things get safer and things calm down and we get a little bit back to um, uh, where we feel safe and, um, and healthy and things are in a better situation, I said, I said, uh, I think I think you'll see some people come out. And I asked him about um, how they were growing online. And he said, we're pretty steady. We've been uh, for several months now just the exact same uh, attendance and metrics. And I said, well, that tells me that they like what they're seeing because you're not losing people. It's not decreasing. You have You have the same audience watching every week from your main three cities around the church campus. And they like what they're seeing. And they're... I said, and I think when it's safe and when the time is right, they'll come in person. They'll show up in person because we talk a lot about, you know, this whole hybrid concept and you've called it, you've coined the term physical, physical and digital. But um, 
there's, I said, you know, it's one thing if you have somebody watching from Tokyo or the Philippines or um, Florida, you know, they're not going to show up at your church next week. But if your top three demographic are the three cities that surround your church and it's staying, holding steady, there's a good chance those people are going to show up one day in person. And that's where first impressions and guest services kicks in and things that I work with churches on to help them feel ready for that. But um, I like uh, I came home Sunday. I flew home Sunday afternoon. Sunday night, I started watching church online. I caught up. I, uh, I watched Elevation Church and saw uh, what I had missed from that morning since I, I wasn't watching uh, in the morning like I typically do. And then I watched uh, actually a church in Charlotte. Um, I see Antoine on here. I watched Antoine's church and um, started looking at uh, even a small church just doing some great things creatively and had, you know, welcome video with hosts. And, uh, you know, it's one thing, and as Jeff, you and I have talked about, it's one thing to just turn on your camera in the back of the room when the service starts and hit record and cut it off when the service ends. It's another thing, as I've talked about, at Steve Fox Church Online Summit to have a bookending approach where you have something at the beginning and you have something mm -hmm. in, or as I call it, a pre and a post, but to have a, a pre-show where you're hearing from hosts and they're telling you what's going on and welcoming you from around the world and giving you some um, tidbits about the church and some announcements and things like that. And then this church also in Charlotte that I was watching, Antoine's church, had a post show, like a after party on Zoom. Um, and so that that to me is is things that make it feel a little bit more like a real church online uh, as opposed to uh, uh, a fly on the wall watching a recording of a service happening in person, if that makes sense. Yeah, to make it more engaging, to provide uh, information and content that's exclusive to that online broadcast where it's yeah. not we're, we're shoehorning in but you're actually providing uh, a voice of somebody who's speaking direct staring down that camera talking only to those people online especially in this covid season where we are just literally today where there's like 60 percent of our people have not yet returned to the physical building uh to still engage in dialogue with them to the camera to, to encourage them, even in their home environments or wherever they're watching. I love that example of like the three surrounding cities. They want to come back. They're just not ready to yet. And, and if and if we're ignoring them, if we're not dialoguing with them, if we're not engaging with them digitally, we run the risk of, of losing them. So so that's that's some awesome tips right there. Um, what, what, great. Give me one more. What else do you have? Well, let me say this audience. If you've got questions or thoughts, let's go ahead and have you do this. Raise your hand. Um, use the little icon there within uh, clubhouse. I'll bring you up to the speaker level, but while you're thinking about that and doing that, Greg, man, one more tip. What, what do you got? What's something an easy one? Yeah. Because I like you, Jeff, and you took me to eat Cuban food in Miami. I'm oh, gonna, totally. I'm going to hook you up. Uh, here's a tip that happened uh, recently when I was consulting with the church, and I shared this today. I'm doing this uh, week this week-long first impressions challenge in a in my Facebook group. It's just a free online course I'm teaching Monday through Friday. Uh, if you want, you can catch it uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's just a free teaching I'm doing. But I talked about this today. Uh, a lot of churches, when you're when you're in person and especially online. Uh, so like for me, Jeff, when I watch church online at home and I watch all the time and I'm watching in several churches, I'm watching Mike Todd at Transformation Church. I'm watching Stephen Furtick at Elevation Church and Craig Rochelle at Life Church. I'm watching Red Rocks. I'm watching um, Judd Wilhite at Central Christian. There's all kinds of churches I keep my eye on, including smaller churches. But when, when I watch a church, a great way for me to connect with you is a digital connection card or uh, a texting solution. And I have partnered with Text and Church and, and use them personally. But um, I love I love Tyler Smith and the guys at Text and Church and what they're doing and, and a way to partner together. But what I, what I realized recently uh, when I was uh, visiting this church to, to consult with was they said, uh, if you're new here, we wanna connect with you. 
text the word new to, and then they gave a number. And so I opened up my uh, texting app, my, my message, messages, is it messages? Yeah, messages. Open up uh, my, my text and I typed in the word new and then I clicked the place at the top where you put your number in and I looked up at the screen to see what the number was and it had already gone off the screen. Mm. And these same people were complaining to me, nobody fills out, nobody does the texting. We're, we're paying for texting church, but nobody's using it. And I said, well, I can tell you why right now, because it went off the screen in a flash. And so if I'm, if I'm broadcasting church online and I want to connect with people and I want to do a digital connection card like you can do with text and church or other solutions, whatever, whatever that may be. And the reason texting is good for me, Jeff, is when I watch at home, I'm not on my laptop where I can type in uh, an actual um, uh, connection card. I'm watching on my TV. I have a giant TV in my den. I'm using Roku and I'm, I'm using the version app. I'm sorry, the um, YouTube app. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching Church Online on YouTube. And the only thing I have near me, because I keep, I, this is another talk I've talked about before about being present and setting boundaries, but I keep my laptop in my office. So I'm not in my home office. So I'm sitting on my couch and all I have with me is my phone. So if you want to connect with me and many others while we're watching online on our television, you've got to have a texting solution where you say, hey, if, you, if you're new today, we want to connect with you. We'd love to even send you a digital gift, which I'm a big fan of, whether it be a, 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 a DoorDash um, gift card or a Starbucks gift card or make a donation to a local charity in somebody's name. There's all kinds of digital gifts that you can do. But like, like I said today, uh, you, it all starts with gathering at the first impressions challenge. I was teaching on this. It all starts with gathering their data, their, their information, and that comes through a connection card. And so if you don't have a texting solution, you're going to miss me while I'm sitting there just staring at my television with no computer nearby. So I'm just watching online. And so when I watch each week and, um, you know, Chad from Elevation Church or whoever it may be says, Hey, you know, if you're new today, text welcome or text new to five 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 six seven eight, and then leave that number up on the screen as my tip of the day. Leave that number up on the screen. Allow me to get my phone out, type in the word new or welcome or I'm new or whatever it may be, and then see the number, type it in, and hit send. And then that should send me back a digital connection card where you collect my name, number, and email. Um, once, once you get all that, then, then you can interact with me and, and have a whole follow-up sequence, which I have partnered with text and search to do this. We call it the easy button, but, um, where you have a texting, um, um, uh, workflow, just like an email workflow where there's a, a texting, um, a thing that's going to shoot it out. And, and what's cool is when, when I visited churches as a secret shopper, I'll fill out their connection card digitally. And then I leave and I go back home and I'm going about my normal life. And on Saturday, every now and then I'll get a text from a church that I've consulted with before. It says, hey, don't miss tomorrow as we start our new series, such and such. See you at such and such church. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I miss those guys. That was a good <laughs> trip. But all that to say what was happening, Jeff, was they didn't leave the number on the screen long enough. But at the same time, they were complaining to me or, or mourning to me that nobody was using the texting solution. Nobody was filling it out. And I whipped my phone out, typed in the word new, and then looked up for the number and I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, it was gone in an instant. And so just leave it up there as a lower third on the screen and, and allow people time to, to type it in. Uh, that's my tip of the day for what yeah. it's worth. I mean, some several solid things there. First off, utilizing as a texting service where it's not tied into like Facebook or one specific platform, um, having it even outside of church online platform. So if people are watching it on social media, like having a text service that crosses over all platforms and is not, you know, social media dependent is a huge win. Arguably that, by the way, that that phone number is probably the most important slide or lower third yeah. of the entire service. 
Uh, Like, I don't want to take anything away from the gospel presentation that the lead pastor is probably going to have at some point. But aside from maybe those couple of minutes, getting people connected through that service to something else, gathering that information, allowing them to share with you to engage in that space within the, the digital service, within a physical service. This is crucial. This is such a big step. So taking that time, even repeatedly, I, I know specifically with the church uh, that, I, uh, that I, I, I serve at here in Miami, like they utter at that phone number and, and that information three, four, five times over the course of the service, whether it's the new here or whether it's the give now or whether it's yep. the serve, um, join a group, you know, it's it, and when they communicate one, the graphics actually communicate all the buzzwords. And, and so like it's just part of the culture and, and the DNA. So crucial. Drip campaigns afterwards, like Greg, you, you set the. Yep. You set it up very well there. Once you have gathered that information, have the ability to follow up with more constant information. Were you served well? Are there other things that we can do? How have you liked, after two or three weeks, how have you liked the church? How can we improve? Start to allow that the other people, the visitor, to dialogue with you and, and to converse about it. And you can do that very well uh, via texting as, as well as even some of the other messaging platforms. So that's that's solid. Well, I tell you what, I haven't gotten any questions there's th- yet. There's uh, two things that come to mind. Uh, one church I forgot to mention that I'm watching a lot lately because I love what they're doing and their lead pastor is speaking at the Fall First Impressions Conference, Alex Seeley, and that's the Belonging Co. in, um, uh, in Nashville. I love what the Belonging Co. is doing and I was watching them online and uh, Alex was on the stage doing a welcome, greeting people. And as she was talking, like you said, behind her on the screen for the whole time was the number to text in, um, text to give, text if you're new, text if you made a decision. Like at the whole time, it was up on the screen over her head, behind her mm-hmm. as she was talking. And so I love what the Belonging Co. is doing. And then as you t- talked about, as that drip campaign goes on and uh, gets more and more through, you know, I was looking at uh, a free resource that Life Church put out with the church online platform and there uh, uh, they had nine ways to follow up online. And so if anybody wants to hear these in case you haven't seen this resource, um, you can find it through shop. But um, here's nine ways to follow up online. And I want to talk about the ninth way because it's what Jeff was alluding to leading to with a drip campaign. But it says one, create an email workflow. Two, invite to a Facebook group. Three, invite to a new believer class or small group. Four, record a welcome video for new guests. Five, send a text message. Six, send a card in the mail. Seven, set up a phone call. I talked about that today at my first impressions challenges, the power of a phone call. Eight, schedule a video meeting. And nine, this is cool, have coffee with the pastor. You know, this this online can lead to in-person. Um, and so if, if I'm like this church I was with this past weekend in Ohio that had the largest bit of their audience from the three cities surrounding the church, you could eventually in a texting relationship where you're doing a drip campaign and getting to know somebody more and more and more, that could lead to coffee with a pastor or coffee with a staff member. And so that's just food for thought. Love that. Um, and, and so we, I tell you what, like, I, I'm not f- familiar with that nine. Uh, but if you're listening on podcast, we'll put the link in the show notes. If you're here, you can't Google it, can't find it. Uh, we'll, we'll have that link at some point later on to distribute out. Um, and so let's do this. I seriously, we do want to dialogue here. If I mean, listen, I can ask Greg questions all day long. Uh, and we'll continue to just to fill up time. But I would much rather hear from somebody in the room. What are you guys thinking? What's a, what's a struggle point that that you guys are feeling? Or even how do we do? First what's and, working? Or what's working? Yeah, let's let's dialogue through here. Uh, perennial students here learning up top would love to learn from somebody else in the room. Uh, Greg, let's let's get controversial here. Um, would love your take on this. Pre-recorded exclusive content online versus streaming. What do you think works better and why? Uh, That's a tricky question. That's a tricky question. Uh, I think what works better is live streaming. 
However, if you can't pull that off with excellence, pre-record. Um, so I, I, I was just watching a church Sunday night when I got back from Ohio and they had pre-recorded the uh, pre, pre and post and it looked excellent and it felt live. It felt like it. And then I asked the pastor Monday, was that live or pre-recorded? He said, oh, it was pre-recorded. I said, that's what I thought, but it felt live. It felt live. But, uh, you know, when I watch Elevation Church, they're showing uh, what the temperature is in a country uh, in the Philippines or in Brazil, you know, a country that's watching online and they're showing the temperature there and a greeting in their length. So it's obviously very live and they're talking about stuff in real time. So that's very complicated and not everybody has that ability. So if you can't pull it off in real time, uh, then, then I would, then I would, I'm, I would be all about doing, doing, a, uh, as many takes as, and I told a pastor this, this week, I said, do take after take after take until you get a winning video of a, of a pre-recorded welcome by the host where they are personable and relatable and genuine and authentic and smiling and welcoming. And once you get that take, then package it and, and turn it into, uh, your pre-roll. But, um, the other, the other thing that I, I would mention is, um, investing in the right equipment. Uh, I was watching a church online recently where it kept sputtering and kept skipping. And I thought they've got some internet bandwidth issues. They're, they're, ha they're struggling with their internet where they're streaming, they're streaming from their church building, but the internet is struggling to keep up. And so my wife and I were watching it together and it was sputtering so much and it was skipping and going in and out so much that my wife said, please cut that off. It's driving me crazy. Um, because they, it just wasn't an, enough invest, investment in, um, in, uh, in, in infrastructure and in support. It's kind of like a slow website. If you don't have the right hosting for your website, then your website struggles and is slow and people won't put up with that. Uh, your website has got to be fast. So, uh, investing in the right equipment is good. Um, yeah, that's just a thought for what it's worth. Cause it just happened recently. Yeah. I, I know with, uh, encoding and, and internet bandwidth, uh, upload, download, there's, there's lots of factors that, that can go into providing a good solution or even providing a stable solution that is, is able to withhold some of the internet outages and, and hiccups that may happen over any given service. Uh, so, you know, we can talk offline and I can point you in a direction towards that, but more, more than anything, I, I, I would, who do you, Greg, who do you recommend kind of, and I'll just open it up. Why not? Um, who do you recommend working with on some of those streaming solutions? Well, uh, I think we both know, um, the same, same company that I'm going to say, but, uh, our first impressions conference, and this is just a free endorsement that I, I'm just a big believer in. But we partner with Resi, used to be Living as One. And the reason I went with them, one, they, they had reached out to me and we got connected. And, um, but when I looked into them, I looked at who uses Resi that was formerly known as Living as One. And we have friends that work there. And I know we know a lot of the same people. But uh, Life Church, when they stream, they're using Resi, Elevation Church, 12 Stone, New Spring, um, the Global Leadership conference out of Willow Creek when they're when they're broadcasting to all of their satellite campuses for the global leadership Con conference it's coming from resi and so when I'm looking for reliability and a product that I can trust to broadcast around the world to multiple countries our first impressions conference it gives me great peace of mind to know that elevation and life church and churches like that with such a huge following use resi including the global leadership summit that has a lot on the line and so uh, we have been very happy with them they have no downtime they do a two minute delay and so uh there's no downtime there's no skips there's no pauses everything stays solid so i actually told that pastor that i met with this week i said i'm going to connect you with my friends at resi because there's no downtime there's no delay there's no skipping no sputtering no buffering it just works yeah, I, I would wholly agree there. And, and, and the Resi, formerly living as one, guys, they're, they're good friends. I want to yeah. tell one story for, and I did not want to make this a Resi commercial, but my favorite Resi living as one story. Um, we were, I, I was, um, I was uh, working at a church, it was contract, helping their, their tech stuff. 
uh, kind of doing some upgrades for them. It's, it's a multi-site megachurch down here in South Florida. And uh, we had just brought in Resi recently, was, was relatively new at that particular church. It was living as one at the time. And we were on a Sunday where we were serving out in the community. And so we were not doing church services on the Sunday. Control room, as a matter of fact, was shut down. We were doing some upgrades. And so all the gear was offline intentionally the Sunday because there were no church services. We could afford to move some things around and, and clean up. And, and um, what happened was seven o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, which I guess is like 6 a.m., where Resi Living as One is located in, in Dallas with their tech support. Uh, they noticed that our, our, our encoders are offline when it shouldn't be. They're expecting them to be online. And so they shoot an email out to multiple people Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Hey, we see your gears offline. Can you get it online? We know your service is coming up. So you do what you can because, you know, right now it's, it's not working right. They sent another email like at 745. They sent another email at like 815, realizing, hey, the services typically come on at nine o'clock and you're 45 minutes out, your encoder is not working. Well, nobody's answering these emails because we're all not paying attention to anything service related or email related. We're getting to go out and serve within the community. And, and this even gets to the point where they pick up the phone and they start calling people at 815 in the morning freaking out that no one's answering the phone and they're 30 minutes away from this service and none of the encoders are working like they're supposed to. And, and so they finally get to me. I'm like the third or fourth person they called and I just start laughing. I'm like, thank you very much for caring so much about this church service that you've sent three emails and made four phone calls trying to make sure that the service would go off without a hitch. We're not worried about it today because we're out serving in the in the community. And it was this great laugh. But it's it's like when you need support is Sunday morning. And, and whether it's Resi or whether it's others, make sure that you've got somebody that's going to answer the phone Sunday morning at 9 o'clock Eastern. Because a lot of these solutions that are out there, uh, they're not going to give you that support. Yeah, or I've they're not even going to be forward acting like we saw with Resi in the situation. Go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I've experienced that personally as a campus pastor at a multi-site church at a video venue where we relied on uh, um, streaming and, and video video uh, teaching. And um, when, when the internet provider for our city was not in the office on Sunday morning and we had issues uh, and I had to get up there and preach live as the campus pastor because we had no video so I'm very familiar with that. Get a company that's in the office on Sunday. Amen to that. And it's never a good time when the campus pastor stands up to preach at a multi-site. I'm just telling you, as a production guy of multi-site, when that happens, the following Monday is not a good experience. It's it's just not not a good thing. <laughs> hey, um, and so I I, um, I hate to like call people out, but would love some insight here. Uh, what are some lessons that you guys are learning as you're looking at church online? What's the secret for what you guys are doing. How have you seen engagement work online? Feel free to raise that hand, come up and let's dialogue through it. I'm running out of my questions that I was gonna ask Greg here. So would love somebody to kind of fill in the gap um, and we can keep talking. Hey, Greg, let me ask this. Uh, I'm just trying to think things that, that I wrestle with as a, as a digital pastor. Um, uh, are announcements exclusive for online or am, am I, am I videotaking the campus pastor announcements from broadcast campus and showing that online? What, what's a better approach? What do you, what do you think? Can you, can you say that one more time? What was the question? Yeah, sorry. I think my internet was breaking up. Sorry. Um, at, uh, campus announcements, the announcements in the church service broadcast is, is it better to do something exclusive for the online environment or can we get away with doing the broadcast campus pastor and showing those announcements? Yeah, tricky question. You can get away with it, but it's better to have exclusive. So some of the large churches that I watch online, they cut away to the online host or the online campus pastor to do specifically geared to the online church. Uh, and they cut, they cut back into the service for music and preaching and things like that. Uh, you just have to be able to see a countdown clock, you know, live on the spot on the stage and stay in sync with each other that, you know, churches like Elevation and Life Church and others do so well 
because uh, they'd been doing it for a long time in the multi-site world. They were always on a clock uh, as campus pastors. And so if you can, um, if you can have somebody on stage that's a host doing an announcement or a welcome and they're watching a clock and then you have a campus pastor or a host in front of the cameras off to the side or outside doing a welcome or announcements and or announcements uh, and they're watching a clock and everybody stays synced up and then you go back live to the to the worship team for the next song that's great but yeah you could get away with somebody in the room that's obviously a lot easier and i know you're a video director uh like myself but um uh but if you can do something exclusive anytime you can have people talking to looking you know i talk about being known and seen and uh, i always mention the movie avatar where they said i see you uh, to be able to talk straight to people watching online and, and, and engage with them uh, is always going to be a win. He's a friend of mine. I'll be seeing this week. Charlotte, represent. <laughs> I, um, I, I love this, the, the idea, and I've had several churches talk to me about this. Hey, Jeff, is it possible where I can see as the, like, the pastor on stage can I see the names of the people that are watching online? Can I see the chat room um, like on a, on a stage TV forward facing where only I, the speaker or the host can see it so that I can literally mention people by name where I can ask questions and then dialogue with them like in real time as if they're in the room. You know, it's, it's almost like uh, if you've ever watched anything on Twitch, how a streamer is engaging with the people in the chat room and literally having like that level of conversation. I, I, I think that's this next level, this next opportunity that we have in, in the physical space to really like engage with people that are watching digitally, to mention them by name, to talk with them, to have them ask questions in the chat room. Yes, chat hosts can engage and they do a great job, but oh my gosh, to have a, have a, have a teacher, to have a communicator uh, say something and, and to mention them and bring them into the, into the message or into a, a prayer time or announcement time. Like, I think that's a whole other level of, of engagement where physical environments are recognizing and speaking to a digital space. I, I've even had, have had pastors uh, ask me, Hey, Jeff, can I actually like, see the people like they want to do zoom church if only to be able to have a tv running zoom somewhere up on the screen so they can see all the people with the webcams on they want like that level of, right. of interactivity absolutely beautiful hey do you know anybody that is is running those two clocks like uh where the message is live and, and so campus pastor and um uh, and then a digital pastor doing the announcements and, and it's all timed. I, I know like the elevations and, and some of the larger churches do that. Have you seen smaller churches like get to that level of programming where the announcements are even timed and synced like almost to the second? Is, is that popular at like a small to medium sized church? I'm just curious. Well, twofold answer. One, I haven't seen it too, but I don't doubt it's out there. I think that's why I look to Clubhouse and social media to find out um, uh, what what's going on out there. That's why I want to hear from other people in here. I see Tim and Tyler and, and people I recognize from social media. Uh, and I know Antoine's got a hand up, but I, I want to, uh, Tim's got something to say. I want, I want to hear from people because I'm sure it's out there. Uh, I'm not aware of it on a smaller scale, but I'm sure it's out there. And by the way, um, uh, Jeff, you probably know this, but I posted it for the first time today on Facebook, but um, me and my buddy Nils uh, Smith created the Social Media Church Conference that's coming this summer. And um, if you haven't checked it out yet, you're gonna love this lineup of speakers. And we have people specifically speaking on Clubhouse and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. But um, there are speakers that are speaking about people that I follow on Clubhouse that I love and is Sean Cannell with YouTube and um, Brady Share and all these guys and Nona Jones with Facebook, but check out socialmedia.church slash conference. But, you know, Niels, Niels and these guys, remember DJ, uh, the Social Media Church podcast has been around for a decade 
And uh, I've been on it a few times, but we just announced this week the new conference, the brand new virtual conference where you can learn from social media influencers and learn how to leverage tools like Clubhouse because this is such a, a cool meeting. But uh, I don't want to speak anymore. I'll go quiet. I see we got Antoine and Kim. Uh, however you want to manage that, Jeff, we have we have some questions. Do you know what? I can't see any hand raised on my screen. So Oh, you can't see it. Okay. No, I guess it's because me, you uh, started the room. Let's go ahead and, and raise them up and, and bring them up. Um, whoever gets their hand raised, uh, Greg, since I can't see it, just bring them up and, and I'll kind of navigate uh, through some of that. Uh, so Antoine, thank you, sir, for, for jumping in. Sir, I don't think I've met you yet, but it's awesome to have you to have on. You on. Um, what what questions do you have? What thoughts do you have uh, here on this topic? Uh, you've asked several of them, but I think my question was uh, building from where you are to where you're trying to go, and how do you master the middle? Uh, the equipment can be expensive. The infrastructure can be expensive. So what advice would you give a church who's getting into the digital space? Um, how, how do you gradually grow as opposed to being overwhelmed by uh, so much that you could do, but you have a limited budget. So that was what my question was being framed as. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Greg, you want to take a shot? Yeah, what's cool is, Jeff, nobody knows this, but I'm actually, uh, Antoine is a church planner in Charlotte. And um, you know I live in Charlotte, but Antoine and I are about to team up. I'm going to be uh, joining his church, Think Kingdom, as executive pastor and um, we're going to get there. Uh, Antoine and I have already had some discussions, and I've been watching what they're doing online. And for a small church plant, you wouldn't believe how ambitious they are and how much they are doing that just blows my mind. So are there small and medium-sized churches out there that are doing uh, tough things? Absolutely. Uh, but I, I would say uh, the foundational piece of advice is you got to start from somewhere, start from where you are, and then be patient and have a long-term view. My, yeah. my goal that I've always told everybody in ministry is we are in this for the long haul. You got to think in terms of years. Just have a long-term view of this year we'll invest in this camera, and next year we'll get this camera. And then the next year we'll upgrade to this switcher. And then just think in terms of years and seasons. You always, it's something I'm writing about right now in my fifth book, thinking in terms of seasons, but we will get there eventually. We want to think in terms of think of seasons and years, but uh, Antoine, you guys are crushing it. You're doing some great stuff to be a, a, a church plant with a limited budget in a, a multi-ethnic context. So you guys are doing some amazing things, but, uh, just keep pressing forward. It's, it's how I sign a lot of emails. Keep pressing on, but um, you'll get there. We'll get there. That's that's yeah. beautiful. Greg Atkinson getting back in the game, joining yeah. on as as uh, as executive pastor, executive director. That's that's awesome. Uh, excited to see Antoine. Man, I'm excited about your church. There's a lot of. Um, uh, it's I'm excited meeting any planner that's like gung ho. And, and not living life like a planner, but instead, you know, pedal to the metal, doing everything they can. So even your heart asking this question uh, about how, how to start, how to grow, um, you know, I would echo what, what Greg says, but I, I would also add this uh, experiment, um, especially as yeah. a planter. You, it was funny. I just had had lunch. I was running in last second. Uh, we're working with a, a church plant. I'm attending, my family, we're attending a church plant, a stadia church plant down here in, in Miami. And the guys just were at the church. Literally, they did their first pop-up service Easter Sunday. So everything's fresh. Everything's new. And, and for for planters like that, and it sounds like planters like you, this is a beautiful opportunity. You don't have yeah. the baggage of a legacy yeah. church, right? Yeah. And yeah. so you get to create the DNA. You get to create the voice. Like you've got so much opportunity ahead. Uh, but because you don't have the experience uh, of, of knowing how things are operating or how things are going to respond, it's really crucial to experiment. Try something for a short while. Did it work? Did it not work? Iterate and try again. Um, you know, maybe you're using a, a lesser quality camera 
or even a free solution as an experiment. Maybe you're contracting labor instead of hiring a person. You're you're doing things in short, simple ways that can you can see, is this getting us the result that we want or are we needing something different? Are we even going to be the type of church that's going to blow up YouTube or do we need to be a type of church that's doing something else? You're, that's going to be writing and doing more blogging and doing more like medium.com stuff. So experiment with the different ways as cheap as possible so that you can find out the rhythms and, and find out the ways that God's really going to use you and your, your church's giftedness. So love this question, sir. That That is excellent. What's the name of the church? Tell me, because I, I want to watch it from afar. Yeah, the name of the church is Think Kingdom based on uh, Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom. Uh, so this season that we're in, um, I, I appreciate uh, you have an exclusive. So so Greg let the cat out of the bag. So you should feel honored to know what we're what we have cooking up. But I think what we're what we're seeing because of the season that we're in is to be flexible, to be mobile, and to use it as an opportunity. Because it's, it's what you said, Jeff. It's the DNA, and yeah. we're creating the DNA, and we're also building the plane as we fly it. So that's exciting and also nerve-wracking at the same time, but um, just encouraging this season. That's awesome. That word that Jeff said, iterate, iterate, uh, just little by little. We'll just keep building the plane as you fly it, but think in seasons, think in terms of years. Yeah, yeah. And iterations, just we're going to improve this this season, and then we'll focus on this. And, uh, you know, how do you how do you how do you – elephant one bite at a time. That's what I always tell churches when I come in this, this title of this uh, broadcast today was a secret shopper. Uh, when I do a secret shopper, I leave a church with a lot of items to work on. And I always say to prioritize and to just take it one at a time. Don't get overwhelmed with all my recommendations, just doing one at a time. So uh, I'm going to bring up Tim. Uh, Tim, go ahead and, and, and hit us with your question, man. I was just going to comment on you, Jeff. You asked about um, any smaller churches doing the timing thing and the live broadcast. Um, we, um, we're, we're kind of like a medium church, I guess. We're about we, prior to COVID, we were around 3,300 people. Okay. And and uh, online, we were running we were running quite a few there for a while but that's because we were doing some good stuff with google ads and then they changed everything and it tanked on us but (laughs) (laughs) um so but what we were doing was um if the campus pastor had like a two-minute section on planning center map you know planning out the service and everything then i would come in on like saturday night and record a video or whenever i could get to it basically that would be that two-minute time frame and then um we used a live stream switcher, which um, the software, and it could have changed now because um, we don't really use it now because we're not doing live anymore. We're doing um, pre-recorded since COVID started. But um, with live stream studio, we were able to just cut away and put up the video that's pre-recorded during that time. And then um, when the campus pastor would get done speaking, we could set our endpoint and switch back over to the service live it may be like a little minute delay or something like that that's awesome but yeah hey greg let me let me ask this question did the content vary like why would you do it at at something exclusive for online was the announcement content different was it that you wanted to be more relational um, like what, what was the win for your church? By the way, th- 3,300 is not a medium sized church. That's a pretty big church, bro. Uh, <laughs> but right. t- talk to me, give me the, why, what was the win for you in doing something separate? Yeah. So we didn't want it to be just a stream. Um, and you know, we would say, uh, I would get up and record this video and I would say, Hey, you're here today. Join the chat, say hello, tell us where you're watching from. Don't just sit there and watch this thing, but engage, you know, you're, you're participating with us. Um, we want to get to know you. This is about a community. It's not about just a video that you're going to sit and watch. Um, I, I mean, I did this every every week for I could almost do the whole spiel, <laughs> you know, because I did it for so long. Sure. Um, but so it it was that you know the worst thing that was in our mind of uh, a campus pastor coming out on stage, um, 
and someone watching online and they say, hey, Abby in campus, good morning. And if it was a seven o'clock service, then they're tuned out. Also, Abby is not relevant to people online. Um, and then if he said anything like grab the card in front of you and let us know you're here, like none of that made any sense to online people. So we just wanted to specifically engage the people online. And uh, now that we're doing pre-recorded with COVID, and we also had an opportunity to be picked up by our local TV. So we've been doing uh, 11 o'clock on Sunday um, when football was canceled. We were on like the main NBC affiliate. Wow. Uh, now we're on CW, so it's it's not quite as big of an audience. Um, so so we pre-record, and now me and another guy kind of just do a little banter back and forth, and we, we say, you know, go to our hub. That's where you can connect. Um, we've tried the text messaging thing, but we're, we're kind of like an older uh, retirement center type people, and um, we definitely have an older crowd, and not everybody texts. So we haven't seen a lot of good luck with texting yet. Um, but it's definitely something we're going to keep pushing on and do a little better. And I really like what you said, Greg, about keeping the number up long enough that that could probably play into what we're doing. So that's one takeaway I'm leaving with today. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. And I have to run. I wish I could stay longer, but it's basketball night. So I got to go play in the rec league. <laughs> awesome. Don't, don't break anything, Tim. Uh, I'll be, try. <laughs> be safe. Right, um, thanks guys. Put me in a basketball uh, league, I, I I would kill somebody, and before I would even kill myself. So that that's not a good nice, thing at this point. Nice to talk to you guys. Thanks yeah, for good to talk up. to you, Tim. Uh, yeah, Jeff, on. Dan, Dan was next. Had a hand up. Uh, Dan, let's hear from you, man. Hey, y'all. Thanks for doing this. First time listener, first time caller. Glad to be here. <laughs> we, so we are a legacy church with a ton of baggage. Two hundred people, South Alabama United Methodist. Um, half of our congregation is over 70, but that's that's a good thing too. Um, so we are going to set aside about 50 grand for audio, visual, streaming upgrades. Um, we're already streaming and we're doing pretty well for our size and compared to our peers, um, but we're not where we need to be. Uh, my question is, how do, so we've raised money to replace a roof. We've raised money to repair a parking lot. But when it comes to raising money for the future for more digital stuff, we're not sure what do we call the campaign? How do we sell it? How do we pitch it to people who can't quite see the benefit until it's fully there? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Greg, let me let me tackle this one first and, 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 I'll, and I'll throw it to you. Uh, this one hits close to home for me. Um, Dan, my uh, it's it's funny. I've I've had this conversation with Alabama pastors before. So like it's. Uh, this seems to be a common theme with Alabama, small Alabama legacy churches. Um, and, and so here's my answer. My mom is 73 years old. Uh, she lives down here in, in Miami with us. Um, not with us, with us, but like nearby where, where we live. And she right now probably teaches two online small groups, um, is very active in, in church online within her church. And she's actually considering starting a third online small group. As a matter of fact, she's probably listening to this broadcast right now in, in the Facebook world or, or, or something like that, wherever she's connecting into it. Um, she at 73 has caught the vision of digital. Now I'm a digital guy. So yeah, my mom probably is wanting to connect with me at some level. And, and, and so that may have been the thing to get her in. But when I had that first conversation with my mom, at 70, which she was probably in her mid 60s, was retired at, at this point in life. And, and I wanted mom to teach a, a small group. I, I didn't talk to my mom from a technological standpoint. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm adopted, true story. And so like genetics, it's not like this technological thing, the calling that I have came from my family, although they're, they're pretty technologically savvy. What I pitched to my mom was, hey, I mom, you're a former business professional. You're a vice president uh, of, a, of, at one point of a, of a Fortune 500 company. Um, you're a business professional down here in South Florida. I've got three girls in their 20s, um, one studying to be a lawyer, one studying to be a doctor, and one is, uh, is working on her MBA. Um, would you want to teach a Bible study with them? Would you maybe want to pass on would you maybe want to disciple them, pass on some of the legacy that you have to these girls? 
And my mom, not looking at it from a technological standpoint, but from a mentoring, from a discipleship, from a spiritual standpoint, jumped all over it. Side note, these three girls lived in three different states, two different time zones spread across the country. So the only way my mom could do this was in context of doing it online through platforms like Zoom. And so she she would tell me later on, Jeff, these small groups that she leads online, Jeff, it's like having the daughter that I never actually had because I'm an only child and I'm not a girl. So she was able to connect. She was able to share. She was able to extend her ministry life in, in the church that she attends. It, the church is a little more younger, a, a lot more younger. And, and so at her at 66, 67, 68, she thought she was done with ministry. She was hanging it up. And she got to this place, though, by through digital, through doing online small groups and ministry, where she was able to extend that ministry on. As a matter of fact, she started bringing in other women who were at that same 60, 70, retired post-life, you know, work life, and, and brought them in and started training them to do small groups and Bible studies. And she's multiplied out where now there's multiple groups meeting, and some are being trained by the the girls, some are being trained by the women. She's trained at all. And so we're seeing multiplication happen here digitally because somebody in their 60s stepped up. And, and I think that is the opportunity. As I've talked with that generation about some of the things we, Stadia, we're doing digitally, like they're very strong supporters. They're all in. But I'm not winning them over talking about tech. It's not tech for tech's sake. It's tech is means to the end. Of, of discipleship, of disciple-making, of spiritual development. And so I wouldn't make the, the pitch about, about technology. I would make the pitch about growing and developing people spiritually, not only today, but in, in the future. Kind of shift it that way. Go ahead, Greg. Jeff, I was going to say, I have a personal story as well about my mom, um, which, which gets right to the heart of why this ministry matters and communicates to elders, deacons, uh, boards, anybody you have to talk to to get approval for stuff. But my mom has breast cancer. She's been battling breast cancer for two years. And, and through chemotherapy, her immune system got shot up uh, where she had no immune system. So she couldn't be around anybody. So a year before COVID in 2019, she couldn't go to church and had to watch online and couldn't be around anybody because her immune system was compromised and she was going through chemo and surgery and radiation. And then the year 2020 during COVID, uh, she still had a weakened immune system, even though uh, chemo was mostly behind her. Every now and then she has to take a chemo pill, but the chemotherapy was behind her, but she couldn't be around anybody. And so uh, her, she had a small group from her church um, and she's a part of a church plant. My mom's young at heart. This is the second church plant she's been a part of uh, in, in my since I left uh, for college uh, over 20-something years ago. But um, she's a part of a, a young church plant, and they're the old people in the church. And they actually had their small group come out on Christmas and Christmas do Christmas caroling outside. My mom heard singing and went outside, and there was a small group of young adults all with mask on, standing outside caroling, turning the online, the virtual to in-person. Um, and my mom stood outside on the porch with her mask on, crying, listening to Christmas caroling. Um, but this church plant, which I'm so proud of, took shepherding and caring for those in their congregation seriously, even the so-called old ones. And so my mom still... Uh, to this day is not able to go back in person yet just because of a compromised immune system. Uh, but she's faithful and watches every week online. And so, you know, whether it be a TV broadcast, like my mom has watched Charles Stanley for years at First Baptist Atlanta or church online, you just never know who you're reaching and why they're watching through that means. Uh, you know, church online doesn't have to be just for cool young 20-somethings. My mom is in her late 60s watching church online from home uh, just because she can't get out. And so I would like uh, you want to always start with the why. But I would I would I would piggyback on what Jeff was saying about getting to the heart of ministry and why we do what we do. 
So good. Really good right there. Hey, and we, we, we got to talk mom stories, Greg. This is yep. awesome. I, I love this. I've never heard that story from you. That's, that's beautiful. You're, yep. you're reaching different. Here, here's the challenge. And I don't think we, the church, I don't think we've realized this yet. Uh, we reach a different type of person in digital space than we do physically. Um, you know, Greg's talking about his mom for for whatever reasons isn't coming into the space. Yes, there is overlap. Um, there are people that may be quote unquote lazy, uh, may not want to come into the building, um, and would would rather process it online. Uh, but the the reality is is that maybe what we're doing digitally is okay, even at the level of discipleship as physically. My my parents, you know, like I said earlier, they're they're on the older side of the equation. The church that they attend is very young, kind of even by COVID standards, it's packed out. It's a very kind of crowded space. So even pre-COVID, they weren't going to the physical building regularly, but they were involved in multiple small groups. They serve in multiple capacities uh, within the community, uh, doing things for homeless ministry, um, uh, care closets, providing for, for the needy, even leading out in some of these areas. And so there's opportunities to look at, hey, doing ministry digitally is okay. Engaging digitally is not better or worse than physically. It's just different. And if we, the church, could look at it that way and not judge physical environments or digital environments, one being better than the other, all of a sudden we're going to open up this opportunity because now digitally, if we really did digital ministry the way that we can, if we looked at it not as a front door to physical, but as an opportunity to, to reach a different type of person, the churches that are doing that right now are, are seeing phenomenal results by reaching a digital person digitally and then leading them into discipleship. We can have all sorts of conversations on that later, but I'm excited to see Jeffrey up here. Jeffrey's got uh, a question or a thought. So what, what are you thinking? What, how, what are you, what's your thoughts on this uh, idea here, engaging and talking with people online? I think it's uh, necessary. I mean, I think <clears throat> you're at a spot now where, where people are more, I think they're more apt to jump on to a church's Facebook live more before they are to actually walk into a building. Um, and so not to put any pressure on anybody uh, with that kind of statement, I, I think a lot of us, a lot of times we, we kind of fall trap and we look at places like elevation or we look at places um, you know, like, um, a transformation church. And we look at other, di other different places that are, that are, you know, somewhat killing it online and all we're seeing is nothing but the highlight reel and we keep forgetting that there's behind the scenes footage we forget that they had to start somewhere and so i would say you know don't 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 count out the small beginnings you know i go to a very large church um i'm not the pastor i'm not on staff just a volunteer uh, i volunteer on the production side of things so i run broadcast uh for most sundays and uh through that, you know, pre-COVID, we had a decent online um, audience, and it wasn't very big, and we really weren't devoting a lot of time to it. Uh, but now, in the you know, when COVID hit, and the middle of COVID, hopefully we're getting out of COVID, we have really focused a lot of attention to that online campus and almost made it just as, as a priority as an actual campus that we have. Mm -hmm. um, and we've seen, like, I believe Easter, there was, we saw, I think it was like, oh man, I can't remember. I think it was like 10 million plus that watched our Easter, our, our Easter service. Um, and so just, you know, kind of, kind of coming from, from, from the opposite side of it, of a large church didn't have a huge online presence until COVID hit. Now we have a very large online presence. So, so don't count it out. If you're, you know, if, if you're in that of just like really trying to focus in on, you know, building up your community right there, then going to online, do it, build up something, you know, get, get something going, but don't, don't, don't feel like that you have to do both things at once and don't feel like you have to be an expert at both things at once, build up one, then start building the other up. I think somebody was talking a while ago about, you know, this year we're going to buy this and then, then we're budgeting into next year for this and then budget into next year for that. You know, that's that I, I, I think that's a great idea. So I would just say, you know, don't look at these other places and think 
I've got to be them right now. You got to remember, you know, them right now is years in the making from where, from where they are, from where, from where they came from to where they are right now. So, so I would just say, you know, don't despise small beginnings and uh, kill it when whatever you're doing so that whenever you get ready to, to jump online, um, you've got it. And, you know, places like this can help you learn how to hone those, those crafts and those skills and what you need to do. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, that's exactly what I was telling Antoine. I actually used that phrase. We were eating the other night and I said, don't, don't despise the small beginnings. Um, and that's what I was saying about buying equipment year by year. You got to start somewhere. Absolutely. Jeff, I've got to run here. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's after six and I've got a, um, uh, a dinner with a pastor and then we're going to go meet with a guy that's struggling and minister to him. This is the first thing I've done in person in a long time because of, with COVID being in a, in a purely virtual world for the last year, but now I'm fully vaccinated. So, um, I've got to go meet with this pastor and then go, uh, pray with a guy that's struggling and, uh, first in-person ministry in a while. But, um, thanks for setting this up, man. And thanks for, uh, making it happen. Beautiful. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us, Greg. Appreciate the, the, the time that we got audience. Uh, we do this, uh, every Thursday at five o'clock Eastern, we've got guests come in, check out the church.digital slash clubhouse for future conversations. We'll get them posted up there. But Greg, man, uh, and I know First Impressions Conference uh, is is a big deal. You talked about social media uh, conference as well for social media church. So check out Google Greg Atkinson uh, First Impressions Conference. Uh, Greg, what's the website in passing uh, before you take off? Yeah, the first uh, firstimpressionsconference.com is our website, and uh, we are less now, less than a month away from our spring conference, May 13th and 14th. Going to be hearing from some amazing communicators and speakers and guest services directors and pastors like Kyle Eideman at Southeast Christian and Matt Fry and uh, Rich Villadas in New York and Chad Veach at Zoe LA. Chad uses social media very, very mm -hmm. well and is big on TikTok and Instagram. And so we're gonna be hearing from some amazing leaders at our spring conference, May 13th and 14th, firstimpressionsconference.com. And then you can just Google social media church conference. Uh, that'll be coming in the summer in July. You got plenty of time for that. Awesome, so we're gonna wrap right here. Greg, thanks for the time. Check out those those resources and conferences. Check out Greg in general, phenomenal resource there, just even him as a person. Uh, but we're going to close here for, for Greg, for Antoine. Looking forward to great things coming out of, of that church there. This is uh, Jeff with, and all, everybody else who came up, thank you. Jeff with the Church Digital and Stadia Church Planning. Thanks for joining us um, here at the pod, and we'll see you next time uh, on the show. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, everybody.